welcome back to Cast Me to Hell for episode 13, Comeuppance is our little area we're looking at, and this week is our top five most deserved deaths. Uh, Bobby, um, to start us off this week, uh, what have you been watching? Um, I haven't really actually watched many films. <laughs> Basically, yeah, I made my way through Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I think I said I was watching last time. <laughs> and now I'm watching Parks and Recs. So I'm going to finish ah, that. Love Parks and Recs. Yeah, and I'm going to finish um, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Okay, I've never so watched Ash vs. Evil Dead. Honestly, it's so good. I should give it a try. I do like, well, I like all, all the Evil Dead films, so yeah. I don't know why I wouldn't like this one. Uh, yeah, so... Honestly, the series is amazing. They're making a new film, but I kind of wish that they would just focus on the series. Honestly, man, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Did it, get can- it got cancelled, didn't it? Is that why yeah, they didn't, that's why they haven't continued yeah. with it. Which is with a shame. Characters and stuff. It's so good. Honestly. And the new film is meant to go back to the whole, like, it's meant to still be a continue, but they haven't said it will be a continuation of the series. Or yeah. Whatever, would it be a sequel to the... Yeah, I've heard that Ash isn't in it. Oh, isn't it? I thought yeah. I thought Bruce Campbell was in it. But. No, I've heard he's not, which ah. is unfortunate. But uh, there's yeah. a new Evil Dead game coming out as well, which looks awesome. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> there's a new Aliens game. Right? Oh, so, the Aliens yeah. game. Yeah. So something's going to be very awesome. busy for me. Man. <laughs> <laughs> what, have, uh, what have you been watching? Um, so uh, I've been watching. Well, well, just last night uh, I watched, um, although did not completely finish yet, uh, Man of Steel, Zack Snyder's, because. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing the new uh, Snyder Cut. It's, it's out today? It is out today, yes. But it's four hours long, so that'll be a weekend <laughs> one for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, Are you excited to see it? I'm, I'm excited to see it. Like, the build-up has made me excited to see what okay. it is, because yeah. the original was okay. Like, some people would say absolute shit, but the Justice League, I, I think... Did we not see that in cinema together? We might have seen it in cinema. I feel, I feel like I remember us leaving being like, yeah, it was, pre- it was pretty good. It was yeah. all right. You know, it was fine. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that, anything yeah. like amazing and it definitely, you know, it definitely, in terms of a team-up movie, it didn't really match. The Avengers films were far superior to what yeah. they came out with there. You know, I'm not really massive into into superhero films, apart yeah. from like Wolverine, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which are based my like my teen years were basically based on Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, I'm not overly into it, but I've heard, yeah. you know, I've heard mixed things as you always do with this kind of stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, the, well, the first reviews were released and it seems actually quite positive, even though it is four hours long. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> So it seems like it's quite positive, but I guess it's more just the idea of I'm interested to see what's different, what's changed. Yeah. You know, I know the special effects aren't going to be like amazing, but then they haven't got the standard time or budget. They yeah, had to do definitely. it in a rush time. But I don't know. Apparently, it's just better. It's, it, although it's the similar kind of story, it's fleshed out and all yeah. the characters. But you'd expect that in four hours. But <laughs> yeah, they, they now have time to do that. <laughs> so, you know, and that wouldn't really have worked in the cinema experience. So, you know, and yeah. you can't really say that this is exactly the cut that he would have released in yeah, cinemas because it's not. It would have been about, at least, it would have had to be at least probably nearly an hour and a half less yeah, to fit into a, a screen time. And obviously, I'm not, like, I'm, <clears throat> I don't know much about DC. Yeah. Marvel, I can get my way around. But DC, I, I literally know, like, barely anything about. So when we were, when I, I say we were watching, because I'm sure we watched it together, I spent most of the time, like, wondering, like, 
who people were. <laughs> there was a bit where they, there's something like the the mother bots or something like that. And I was oh, like, I was going to say I'm fairly versed, but I, I didn't know like I, I didn't know that was some part of the problem <laughs> film. But yeah, that was it. That's what I mean. The the original film was just like shove it in, and it didn't have any time. I believe the studio wanted it to be like, oh, cut it. We want it short. People yeah. don't want to see it over two hours. They only want to see less than two hours, and they want it to be quick and snappy, and they want it to be funny, and that's yeah. what they brought Josh Whedon in to do and things like that. And it just, and didn't it just became a horrible, like, Frankenstein's monster of two people's visions that don't that didn't match yeah. at all. And Batman turned into some weird, like... That was the most disappointing thing. Ben Affleck as Batman was pretty badass in Batman vs. Superman, even I though that film yeah. wasn't perfect. Yeah. It was pretty, he was pretty badass. And then suddenly, this one, and he was cracking jokes and things, like, and it was like, what the fuck's going on? Like, yeah. This does not feel right. And then he seemed pointless as well. When they got to the final battle, it was like... All right, you've got a gun, <laughs> but you don't seem to be doing anything with it. You're just like in the background, like you're not even seem to be leading. Them, you're so. not even pointing your gun. <laughs> yeah, so that that's one thing, and I, I just wanted to revisit the Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and now his Justice League version. Yeah. They're kind of his film. All the rest of them, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, although in that same universe, they actually came out at the same time or after that Josh Whedon Justice League. And they were the studio going in a completely different, funnier tone direction kind of thing. Wonder Woman came out before Justice League. Uh, it came out the same year, oh, but it got released like around the same. Yeah. So it was, you know, diff- it was still within that universe. But anyway, I just want to see his films to see. I don't know if I, I like them as much. In Man of Steel last night, as I was watching it, actually the characters and stuff like that. The character stuff I liked better than I remembered, but the the, the problem and we cut off just after they had a big fight in Smallville and that went on for ages. Yeah. And then I know what's coming is next is the Zod and Superman fight, which literally I remember sitting in the cinema going, yeah, I'm bored of watching people get bashed around in like yeah. CGI now. You know what I mean? So that was my problem with it. It was a good film up until they decided, right, we're going to have a fight and then you're going to have a bigger fight <laughs> and then it's going to destroy all the buildings of the city and then you're just like, all right, yeah. So it was yeah. a little bit, he kind of let loose kind of thing. And then on top of that, the other thing that I've been watching is ER, the okay. uh, TV <laughs> series. Me, yeah, me and my partner started watching ER. We wanted to see that we could just watch. There's 15 seasons of That's it, fun. but it's actually, it's really good. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. It's, good it's a lot more real it's not like soapy like say I don't know your Grey's Anatomy or things you've got out there kind of thing <laughs> what was the uh, casualty <laughs> or the, you know, yeah, your casualty it's a bit less like soapy and it's actually more character driven so I was like oh, yeah and I actually really enjoy it and it has George Clooney the yeah, first client who sticks around longer than I thought I thought he was only in the first season or two he's in the first five seasons oh wow so he's, and he's like main character and uh, yeah and I know at the same time he was doing we talked about about missing Dawn, uh, <laughs> from Dust Till Dawn episode that yeah he did from Dust Till Dawn he did like Batman all yeah. in the time he was still playing that which is weird you get it's cast it's as Batman and you're like fuck you TV <laughs> show I'm done I'm staying I am, hot, I am cinema now <laughs> but then maybe he watched Batman vs Superman was like maybe I should stick around <laughs> yeah, I might not have a career anymore <laughs> just in case even though for me that is a good yeah. pleasure movie <laughs> oh I love it I'll, I'll watch anything with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold you know, Schwarzenegger making quits as <laughs> Mr. Freeze. Like, that's all you need. You know what I mean? There's, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Should we get into today's episode then? Yeah, let's build into today's episode. So do you want to tell people what we're, what we're yeah. thinking? <laughs> so it's, kind of, it's kind of the uh, the opposite of In Memoriam, which I believe was episode four, <laughs> I think. Um, episode four, so... In that episode, we talked about five characters that we didn't want to see die, um, and characters that we loved. 
so I would recommend going back and listening to that and letting us know your thoughts. And today we're talking about five characters who we loved to see die. People who actually deserve their deaths within yeah. horror films. So as always, when we do these kinds of things, we <clears throat> we say uh, you you only allowed one in the franchise, um, and we won't look at each other's lists. So there's a little we think. I mean, we've been talking outside of this, and whenever we do something like this, it's really hard to actually think of some things at first. You need a jumping off point, so you yeah. go on some Reddit forums or you go on <laughs> bits like that. So we think we're hoping that there's not going to be too much of a crossover. <laughs> when if you remember the um, in memoriam. Go check it out. There was one in there that was a crossover. Um, I think Jaws, Jaws, Quint. Was, yeah, Quint. There was that crossover. I think we, I think at most we'll have one or two crossovers today. I can't see there being too many. Hopefully, hopefully we won't have any, but we'll see if they come up because it's very hard to avoid it. And as you said, it was really hard to to come up. I feel like I, the amount of times I feel like I've had that feeling in a film or a horror film when I've been like fucking out I can't wait for this bastard to get a gruesome death or something yeah. and then it was like the second we went to, I went to kind of look at it and started sitting there thinking I was like my mind is blank my mind is completely yeah. <laughs> blank I know I've hated people and to be honest even when looking out there there weren't as many out there that people have like pointed out as, as I expected because there were some in films that I hadn't seen so I was like well that's not I can't hate them. <laughs> so I was like I can't hate them yeah I haven't seen what they've done the dirty bastards yeah. but <laughs> this is explicit this is. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah um, kick off set. so yeah um, so just to start off I was just telling you about one which almost made it onto my list yeah. and this would I guess be an almost an honourable mention but I'm going to start with it just to kind of what we were thinking about so I almost put um, Nora played by Tyra Banks from Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> and um, I put, I almost put on that because it was bad, but, uh, I, you know, to me it wasn't enough of a character that you got any time with to actually give a shit about. I just put it down and then it was like, actually, she's barely in the film and we don't actually even get to see her die. Yeah. So I don't really almost count it because we don't. And then I found out, as I kind of just had a quick look at it, I found out that on YouTube there is actually a version of a death. So if you've watched that film but never been able to find it because it's not on the DVD and I haven't seen that it's on. It might be on the specialist yeah. Blu-ray in America because that one's on, that one's packing. We haven't got that in the UK, <laughs> sadly. We have not got. We wish we had that one. I'd love to have that, but um, but anyway, yeah, it's a crap one. And she basically, it's so poorly acted by Tyra Banks. We just watched it. We ju- yeah, you just showed, and it's just so poorly acted. I can understand why they locked it in a vault and went. Let's get yeah. rid of this piece Let's of shit. This. Like, this film is already terrible. Buster Rhyme is burning this house down. <laughs> and then we decide to go in with Tyra Banks' shitty acting on top of it. Just, so that was an honourable mention. Um, I don't have any honourable mentions off the top of my head. <laughs> there was some and I, that I thought of, but at, off the top of my head right now, I can't think of anything. <laughs> yeah, so we're going, you know, so we're going a bit, a bit lighter after like our last episode, which we <laughs> we got heavy and we got hot at times. Yeah, we did. You know what I mean? So my number one is everyone in Midsummer. I'm joking. Oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. You know what you want. Not really everyone in Midsummer. <laughs> I wouldn't be that much of a dick after that. <laughs> okay, um, my number one, and this is one that I'm wondering if you've got, is from The Mist. Number five or number one? My- Oh, sorry, my number five. Sorry, number five, we're working yeah. down we're to number down, one. Down we're working one down to number one. Um, yeah, so that's actually kind of screwed my order because I've written <laughs> them the wrong way around. <laughs> so this wouldn't actually be one. This would have been. So my number five is actually, my number five is everyone except Grace and several maids from Ready or Not. 
So okay. if you remember, ready or not, I did have a different choice for number five, but I've just made the choice in, my, in this moment. Okay. So I've just cut a key franchise. Yeah. Um, so everyone except Grace and several maids. I just think that. So we've talked about Ready or Not before, and we've talked well, we talked we about it in our Scream episode. Yeah, we agree. Touch him. We kind of episode. So we we saw this film together in the cinema, which I don't know. It feels like it might have been one of our last few experiences. I don't remember when it was. It feels like a it different feels time. like a different time. <laughs> I missed the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously, this uh, just to have a little brief recap of the film. It is um, well. It's like a hide and seek the film, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. With mythical things going on. It's a family, it's their wedding, and uh, it's their it's their we- it's their wedding night and um we start to get the idea that something weird's going on and our main character, uh, Grace, uh, who's played by Samantha Weaving, who's Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving, sorry, Samara Weaving, who is great in this film and yeah. great in most roles that I've seen her in so far yeah. actually. Um and she kind of plays the, 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 the protagonist. And what we start to find out is that um, they, the family, um, we, don't know, we don't know which ones specifically are. We don't know if her partner is involved in it or things like that. But the family have this ritual, basically, where they choose a game. And basically, it has to play until their sacrifice of chosen who has to, you know, basically be taken out, which is Samara <laughs> Weaver's yeah. Grace. Um, and it's quite nice. It, it subverts what we would expect uh, because I remember when we were talking about it, we were expecting um, her character to be um, this ass-kicking character by the end, and we were waiting and waiting. Yeah. And it's not so much that she just kind of is a survivor, and so she's a very likable character. But the rest of the family, we've uh, we've got actors like Adam Brody and people like that in there who are normally very likable. Yeah. Now, though he does come across likable at times, and he's one of the more likable characters. In the most part, most of the family, once you realise what's going on, you're just like, I can't wait to see these people die. You yeah. all deserve to die. Like, we don't know how many people they've done this to, but it's given the, a lot. A lot. It's been <laughs> generation, generation. And once you start to realise that everybody's involved, you can't kind of wait for them to get a yeah. really gruesome death. That, now, the... Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, wait. <laughs> I, seen, I don't think I've seen that film since the cinema. But I remember the opening setting up that you can't really trust anyone. Yeah. Where like the, you know, he's hiding and the little girl takes him to them or something like that. And I just remember watching that and thinking, absolute little snake. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It, and uh, the funny thing is that you've got with the, uh, with is that they keep accidentally instead of getting her, they keep accidentally killing all of the maids. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a running joke, and it's a really funny running running joke. Yeah, you feel you feel bad by it, like how many fucking maids are you gonna kill? Um, and yeah, the so the only part of this I would say is though they deserve the deaths completely, but the ending basically ends with a big. Basically, they just start exploding into these yeah. blood. Vibes. And I do remember being, that was the only part I do remember is I, a little bit disappointed because I was hoping for more of like individual different kind of yeah. gruesome deaths. And although we have one, like one or two kind of taken out, it is mainly just this big blood splatter at the end, which is kind of funny because it's like you're out of time, game's up, game's over. And we, because well, the, the whole kind of uh, concept is that they have to play this game, they have to kill her by. You know, or they have to kill the you know the sacrifice by by sun up. Yeah. Or Mister, what do they call him? Like Mister Black or something like that. We'll take take his. We'll we'll take, take the death. Basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, and 
I, we spent the whole film thinking like, oh, it's got, it'll get to sun up and it, you know, it's, it's completely bullshit. They didn't have yeah. to do it. It does kind of start to play that yeah. up that it might be, and they even start to question that, I think, in the film a little yeah. bit. It's like, but we've never actually got, you know, we've never got this close. We've never got this far. Like, how do we even know this is real kind of thing? Yeah. And the best thing is, like, b- just before they die, the characters, like, the, dad, the, the old creepy old, like, old grandmother or yeah. great grandma, I can't remember, shit, they're, they're all just suddenly like, oh, shit, have we been doing this all this time? It's a complete <laughs> lie. And then suddenly it's, bang! Yeah. Blood, splat, everywhere. And yeah, so I would have kind of, weirdly, part of me was still kind of yearning to have Samara weaving just start kicking ass. Definitely. But, it, it made sense within the role that suddenly someone doesn't completely turn into a badass yeah. just because they are being chased. Um, so yeah, that was my uh, number five. And um, I was kind of trying to choose films that I didn't necessarily think that you would expect me to yeah, go for. So that one suddenly popped into my head and I thought, okay, it might not be one of my top title films, but... That family is definitely one that deserved their death. Yeah, definitely. And possibly, like, it is a gruesome death, but I probably would have preferred something slower for some of them. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, Over to Bobby. So, my number five is uh, Frankie Cheeks from Final Destination 3. Ah, uh, Frankie Cheeks. Yes. So, I actually, I watched this film about six, seven weeks ago, because every now and then I just need to watch some, I need, like, a shit binge. And Final Destination tickles that perfectly. <laughs> and, I, and I remember watching this one, like, quite a lot when it came out. And I, I got the first three on DVD, like, mm. for Christmas or something like that, you know, when I was a kid. Yeah. And I loved them. But I always thought Frankie Cheeks was an absolute prick. <laughs> um, and, you know, if, you, if you've watched Final Destination, then you know what's going on with the, the general plot. But Final Destination is about, you know, people who survive... Um, a crash or an incident happening because somebody gets a premonition and then the you know the survivors basically have to end up repaying their debt to yeah. to death and end up dying in horrible ways um yeah it's one of my it literally is one of my favorite horror franchises i love it i loved i grew because well, we grew up on them maybe but i absolutely was absolutely hooked the second <laughs> like, I, like, I remember seeing the first one I snuck it like my dad had a collection of like, film, like horror films and like all the ones you couldn't watch on the top and I snuck, yeah. and snuck out the first Final Destination and watched it and just being like oh, I love the idea of this film this is so cool the way they're yeah. dying and stuff and then each film kind of uh, kind of upped Death. The kind of gore and the death, okay, not necessarily for the best in some, <laughs> you know, and we've yeah. talked before about some shitty uh, 3D CGI in a, in and, that, and that, and Final <laughs> Destination 4 in particular. Is that is particularly a guilty point. of that. You know, the rest of them I think are all yeah. actually great. The fourth one is a week. <laughs> I lo- yeah, I remember watching the first one. I think we as a family rented it from Blockbuster, maybe, or the video shop around the corner, and we watched it together, yeah. and it was terrifying. <laughs> um, but Frankie Cheeks is just such, he's just so skeevy, you know, he's just like, he, I mean, I've put that he's just a predatory pervert, you know, and throughout the whole film he's seen, like, harassing these two girls, uh, and he's, like, filming them and taking pictures of them, and yeah. he's, he's, he's like, the mid, because this was 2006, and this dude is like... He's like a proper will-be-a-dirty-diddler. <laughs> yeah, he will be a diddler. I mean, he is. And he's he's got, like, a Kangol hat on. <laughs> yeah. A, a velvet blazer. He's got a chain. He's got gold chains. Women back-to-back. 
and he is like the perfect epitome of like yeah. you know like a really cringe pickup <laughs> artist yeah. like that's what he's like um, I've kind of put you know some stuff like uh, he tries to cop off with a with a lass at the funerals of, of both of the girls and he says like he blames himself and that if they hadn't have been trying to look good for him they never would have died <laughs> yeah. in the tanning beds which <laughs> is just such an asshole thing to say it is such an asshole I don't uh, I mean, I don't, I, this was what I looked at, and then I decided that, although I hate, I, I guess I like the fact that he, that, like, that line's like that, where he was like, he was like, oh, they were looking good for me. I don't know, I just kind of, I guess I liked the fact that he was obviously such a delusional, like, yeah. prick. Oh, definitely. <laughs> like, he was so in his own head that, I don't know, so it kind of, I guess, warmed me to him enough that I was, other, even though the film, I'm absolutely ready for him to die. <laughs> yeah. There was, there was this, there's this um, thing that I didn't clock on. So when I watched it, when I was like, when it came out, I thought he was the same age as them. But when I watched it a couple of weeks ago, like a few weeks ago, I noticed that he's like older than them. And that just adds like another layer of creepiness to it. it. Is it like he's held back or something? I thought I no, he's a graduate. He's already oh, is school. he? Oh. Apparently. He's just hanging around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just hanging around these, these young girls, which is so bad. Um, and apparently uh, Sam Easton, the guy who plays him, was like perfect for the role. But they realised that he was he was too old and he didn't look like a teenager. So they changed it so that he was older than <laughs> And it just adds this layer of creepiness to it. I'm not sure that's a role where you want to be. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> creepy, pervy, like, <laughs> dude, like, who seems like a proper douche. You'd make a great pedophile. You'd make a great pedophile. But how he dies is basically he's being his usual dickhead self. Um, and he's at a drive-thru. And the, the two main characters are behind him. Uh, and they notice that, like, a lorry is rolling downhill, and they're beeping at Frankie and trying to get him to move out of this drive-thru, but, you know, he gives them the middle finger. So they kick the they kick the window out, and then they climb out, and then when the when the lorry hits in, it sends uh, the motor fan from, I think, the protagonist's car into the back of Frankie's head, and it just yeah. scoops his brain out, you know? Yeah. And every time I see that, I think, yeah. It's, it's a badass <laughs> death. It is a really cool death. Yeah. It's I, definitely, I think it's, it's probably the bloodiest one in the film. Yeah. Like, and, um, I don't I know. I mean, he's, he's set up basically he's set for up a death. Like, a, a death, major yeah. death. And he definitely gets a good death. <laughs> um, but there's an interesting thing is, on the DVD, there's a choose your fate. Oh, I remember yeah. this. This is cool. It's yeah. awesome. I never did it though, for some reason. But apparently, you could save uh, Frankie Cheats, but then yeah. he goes to prison for harassment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could. There are. Like, I, I remember playing that on the on the DVD. Uh, the different. I I loved that. I love that section of it. The whole. You could choose. It, it's played out several different. It even had um, little like hints to. Um, to the prior films and yeah. stuff like that, it had more hints because in in that film you get like a little newspaper that shows you what happened to the previous films, which I won't go to. Yeah, but um, yeah, it it was a really cool like to you could save certain characters. If I remember correctly, there were certain ones that just died no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I never I never remember playing it, but I always wanted to. I think because I was watching the film and then it got to the point where it was like choose the fate, and I was like. Too indecisive. So I just like watched it like regularly. You just want to watch it standard. Yeah. yeah. But that's my number five, Frankie Cheeks. Frankie Cheeks. Over to you for your number four. <laughs> uh, my number four is uh, Paul Cerrone from Anaconda. 
1997. Okay. That's a nice one. I don't know if you knew. <laughs> is, Paul, is that the... Uh, that is John Voigt. John Voigt, yeah. He's got, he's got his, you know, hair pulled back in a ponytail. Yeah. He is the, um, he is the, like the snake hunter. He's had a yeah. <laughs> they go to 40 feet. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. He is putting on a bit of an odd, like John Voigt putting on a bit of a, a, a strange kind of accent. I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't quite tell what it was meant to be. It was like South African or it's, if you yes. He doesn't quite look. It's supposed to be like a Bushman. I, I feel like, yeah, he is yeah. meant to be, or if it was Australian, I don't know what he was going with it, but it was, it was an odd, it was an odd one. But, um, sounds, I, I, was I haven't it's... actually watched Anaconda in a long time, which is yeah. bad, like too bad, because it, I used to watch it all the time. I had a, VA, a, a VHS, a VHS, <laughs> a VHS <laughs> the videotape of Anaconda, <laughs> and yeah. I used to literally, it was like one of the first horror movies I ever had on yeah. video, and I used to literally watch it all the time. Yeah. I, I fucking loved Anaconda. I'm sure the special effects have definitely not held up, but um, it has a pretty good cast in it. We got you know. Ice Cube. You got yeah, we Ice got Cube. You got J Lo. You got Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Um, and a couple of other notes. Uh, Eric Stoltz, the original Marty McFly before he was recast. Isn't um, doesn't Eric <laughs> Stoltz get like a bug in his throat? Is that he does. The whole yeah, film? he basically like early on in the film he gets that, and I think uh, 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 Paul Sherman does some kind of like. Trachea, yeah, tracheostomy, cut, and then after that he's basically just uh, he can't talk for it. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting role for him to Definitely. get, you know. Um, and then there is a, a, there's another British accent, and I can't remember who he I is. I can't remember him either. But I can know, I know his face, and I know he was in Jumanji. He's I, the guy that's hunting yeah. them in Jumanji. I always thought it, that was the the guy from uh, the British guy from Anaconda. I always thought that was the brother from the Mummy. Oh yeah, the bro. They're fairly similar kind of characters, like really posh British people, you know? Yeah. I don't think they're the same, but <laughs> I always thought they were the same. I don't know if they are. Please tell us. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting into Small Soldiers of Christmas film again. <laughs> but carry on. But, yeah. Um, so, there's, I, I mean, I guess I just, I don't know what, it, I just, it's not, it is, it's creepy, it's suspenseful, and again, this is all based on chart, like like as if a lens, as if, if to me it's still good. I might rewatch it and be like, "That's a, that's that's, that's pretty shit. That's yeah. a piece of shit." You know what I mean? But you know, as I said, they had some good actors in it. So they must, some of them must, have, it must have been okay-ish. They're all early yeah. in their careers. Though. Um, but Potro, he just is like, although he comes across at times a bit of a badass, like, "Oh, I can save the day," and they yeah. all believe it because they think he's he's on this boat and they think he could like he can save the day and things like that. But he is just the epitome. He becomes more and more of a dickhead, sacrificing other characters yeah. for himself. He doesn't give a shit. In the end, it comes down to that battle, and he does get the awesome that he basically gets consumed by oh, him, yeah. which is just so badass. Yeah. Like, when you, and if I can remember, it probably looks shot. so terrible now, yeah. like some kind of weird like condom going on. Yeah. Top of the <laughs> and it's the shots where it's, he's going down from the... the yes. Yeah. I don't know, I was about to say stomach or throat. But I don't know what snakes have bodies. Just go down the body of the snake. Ah, go. So yeah, I don't know the anatomy of what works there. What part of who yeah. he's into? He's, once he's, I think I remember it is so like once they're into what is their intestine, you're fucked. Even if you try to cut, you're pretty fucked. I think you have to. But, get but, <laughs> but yeah, and with an anaconda, which you know, I think this film plays up that they're even. Like, although they are giant, they're not as big giant as in this film. I mean, this made me It does have many sequels, which I don't think I've ever seen any of the sequels. Blood Orchid is awesome, man. I, like, my, I think my 12th or 13th birthday, I rented um, 
Anaconda 2, Hunt for the Blood Orchid, and uh, Dodgeball. It was awesome. It was so cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> good little back to yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it just he just is one of those characters that at first you're not really sure... But there's something unlike about a ball about him as soon as he jumps aboard. I guess maybe it's because the other characters are quite like, you know, they're kind of young and kind of like, they're just kind of easy going and suddenly here's this guy like, you're doing, you're fucking doing everything right, you're, doing, you're fucking, yeah. you know, and it's just, he just, I guess John Voyage, he just plays slimy really well. Yeah, he does. He plays like that and you look at him like creepy, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's got that thing too. Right? <laughs> like that's what I was, I was thinking, like, his accent sounds like, uh, like an Australian person trying to do a Dutch accent or something like that. Yeah. It sounds, it's just a weird accent, isn't it? And yeah, and it does, the thing about the, the, the way he acts, I feel like at times comes across very like, um, like a kind of a Dennis Hopper or yeah. a, like, I guess it's quite so, but a Dennis Hopper or like an Anthony Hopkins kind of that kind of, it's kind of a creepiness about him that kind of seeps out. It's yeah. like everyone around him looks creeped out. The slip back hair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he definitely looks someone who's going to drug rape you. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, that is my number four. Still trying to throw you off. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think my number four will throw you off, as I don't think you've seen this film. I only watched it um, last week. I think I watched it ages ago, but I just didn't get around to actually like I didn't pay attention to any of that yeah. so I start I started it and then next thing I knew was it was ended so I thought you know what I'm actually going to watch it again um, it's uh, it's just called Revenge okay. it's a 2017 uh, French Canadian film I think or maybe just a French film um, and it's it's kind of um, it's a bit of an action thriller uh, so the horror elements are, are quite played down but there's definitely you know it falls into the that category of rape revenge yeah. um, and it's just about this uh, these two pe- these three people who go for a hunting trip and um, one of them brings along the kind of mistress um, and she ends up getting raped by one of them and then they try and uh, they try and say we're going to you know we're going to call for a helicopter to get you out of here because they're in this like desert region um, that's why I didn't know where it was where it was because <laughs> the 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 antagonists, which are, um, I think they're called Ben, Stan, and um, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they're, they're French, and they is speak it, French to each other. Is it French subtitled, or is it... Only when they when they speak French to each other. Only when the other times, it's all in English. Oh, okay. Um, and so that, you know, basically a, a character called Stan uh, rapes this woman. Yeah. And they, you know, they have to... Um, they they tr- they offer to get the helicopter and to pay her off and stuff like that. And she tries to run away, and then one of them pushes her over the edge of a mountain, and she gets impaled on this branch, <laughs> but manages to survive. A bad day. Yeah, yeah. manages to survive. So they hunt her down. Um, but the, the character of Stan, played by uh, Vincent Colomb, maybe, is, is a really in- it's it's he's a really creepy character. Um, he kind of takes Freddy cheeks. <laughs> up to actual rapist, but he's more nuanced in the way he's played. I was say, yeah. Freddy Cheeks is like the comical. Yeah, like, he was a comic. Played up as a bit of almost like yeah, that you could say the rape. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rapist is comical, but, but he's like the closest to that kind of skeevy, like yeah, cartoonish kind of. Thing. Yeah, he's very cartoonish, but in not the way a looks. real representation. Yeah. Like I'm guessing we've got here. But yeah, <laughs> but Stan is he's I mean he's he he kind of switches. So Jen is the is the protagonist. Um, and she's having this relationship with 
with the main guy, Ben, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, and she's, you know, the night before they all go hunting, you know, she puts some music on and she's like doing it. She's dancing around. She dance, she dances with Stan. Um, and he switches because the night before he, he comes off as a little bit, bit like of a weird guy, but he kind he comes across as like very meek and very like, just like almost like harmless guy. Yeah. And then when she wakes up, she finds, um, Ben has gone away, um, just to kind of sort some stuff out. And it's her and this other, I think his name's Dimitri maybe in the house. And, St- and then Stan is kind of really intense. She comes out for breakfast and Stan's like really touchy feeling and like staring at her and smiling at her and is really kind of like overwhelmingly intense and like really quite positive to her. And then, you know, he goes and he becomes really kind of vicious and nasty when the rape happens. You know, he's saying to him, uh, what, you know, well, what, why, why aren't you into me? And she says, you know, you can tell she's on the spot. And she says, I like taller guys. <laughs> and then he says, have I changed height overnight? <laughs> and everything kind of takes a, it, it's a really sinister scene. Yeah. And one of, and Dimitri walks in whilst the rape is happening. And Stan says, either join in or get lost. Um, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, fe- I'm feeling like, I'm feeling suspenseful and dark now. Just yeah. listen to the turn from like, um, Anaconda or Fire Destination <laughs> yeah. 3, the light, like, kind of light, <laughs> to like, lighthearted. Oh, dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, I mean, the character of Stan's really dark. And then post rape, when the rapes happened and they're trying to hunt down, uh, Jen and kill her, um, Stan becomes really cowardly. And, you know, he, he so he's like, begging to not do it and to say it was all an accident and to do all of this stuff. Um, and it's strange just how cowardly he becomes. And um, so it's just, yeah. Um, but it's not because he, you know, it's that he regrets what he did. It's that he regrets that he got caught. Yeah. You know, and you know, I have an instant hate for this guy. Um, but he has a really intense gun battle with, Jack, with Jen later on. Because um, it's all set in this, these kind of mountains. And he has a really intense with her, and they're kind of, you know, they're, they're shooting each other. Um, and he runs, you know, she's chasing him, and then he shoots her, and she blow, he blows her earlobe off. Um, and then he's, uh, you know, he's he's chasing her down, and she notices that he's got one shoe off. Um, so she breaks, she finds some broken glass, and she puts it down. And then he's running, uh, and he steps on it with his bare foot, and it's in the oh, mass, nice. and then he's pulling it out, <laughs> and then he runs back to get a car, and to run her over, and you see him like trying to drive with his foot all bleeding, and it's, you see him really suffer. <laughs> and then as she's coming, as he's driving towards Jen, Jen gets the shotgun out, and she makes like a last stand, and she shoots him, and he just dies. You don't really see him dying, you see a lot of suffering, mm. and then you just see like, blood come out of the driver's side and it's the whole film is is very kind of you know um generic story-wise yeah. like a lot of a lot of kind of the the rape revenge like exploitation mm. films are yeah um but it looks beautiful like the whole film looks great and it's shot so well and yeah eat, and seeing all these characters get their comeuppance as the episode <laughs> is called is really good um but that's my that sounds for it's it's that definitely sounds very interesting. It's good it's good to hear that he suffers a lot though. Yeah, I guess when we're, we're when we're talking through these kind of 
these lists of fits. I guess one of the things, to, like the questions, I guess we should be answering is: Do we think they got a death that is completely deserving of like? <laughs> yeah. Do we think they deserved worse or like so with like say? Uh, like we said with Radio or Not, I didn't quite fit. Like, I think I'd like slower deaths for them. Yeah. And with uh, Paul Soro. No, Paul Soro's was fine. <laughs> yeah, that was a slow. That, that seemed like the perfect he, he's kind just of. Old man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he gets a, a. He's still alive inside there, so he gets a nice slow death. And I think I think I think Stan had an appropriate amount of suffering. You know, <laughs> he he uh he gets shot. He gets his nose broken. He gets glass in his foot and has yeah. to remove it, and then he has to put pressure on it when he's driving, um, and then he gets shot in the head. I'm guessing. So I think that's an appropriate death for him. Is that the, the second that you said like the glass in the foot? Because obviously I haven't seen this, so I imagine it in my head. All I thought was of uh, Home Alone <laughs> stepping on the bubbles. Oh, no. That popped into my head. It would be ten times more graphic and gory than yeah. that. But in my head, all I could imagine was like. And like coming in and stepping on the ball. No, it's not a Home Alone style rape revenge. It definitely did not sound like it. I guess my head was kind of the trauma was making me think of something like more more yeah. pleasant in think my happy mind. Thoughts. Yeah. Think happy thoughts as I cry in the show. Yeah, onto yourself. Okay, uh, my number three, and uh, this comes back around. Like I don't know, Richard Gecko. From Dust Till Dawn. No. Ah, okay, so. Okay, this is Good, we get that. So, um, so, I mean, it, it, it's an odd one, but I kind of decided to go with it. And one, because I was like, this is the, as we talked about, our lost episode from Dust Till Dawn. And, um, Richard Gecko, played by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Um, he's just, I mean, there's just, I, I mean, I'm not saying I outright hate him, but he's a despicable kind of, like he's got something wrong with him and you keep and I guess there's just something so sleazy about him that I was it's not so much that I completely would say I hated him and I absolutely but he definitely deserved a a death and I was waiting for that death so um so he and um George Clooney's uh character yeah um I've blanked on George Clooney's character name is a gecko brother he's a gecko brother the other gecko brother yeah um but yeah, the the two Gecko brothers, and it seems like George Clooney's character is always looking out for his brother and kind of keeping it very straight. At first, we're not quite sure why that is, uh, but we know that he's kind of got a twi- a, a, a twisted he's got idea, and he's yeah. and we hear straight from the, the the opening scene, the badass opening scene, yeah, it, like um, where which ends up with the cool idea of they're trying to shoot a guy in a shop and they blast the bottles That's behind awesome. him, and because all the liquor comes down, then they set him alight, yeah. which is actually his, which is actually George Clooney's character, not Tarantino, but he is so, um, Richard Gecko is so self-deluded, he thinks everyone's talking about him, and he thinks people have said stuff, he thinks things that people have said that they haven't said, yeah. he straight away says that in this, this, the shopkeeper didn't actually have done anything, he actually was like, accusing him straight away and you even hear a conversation from earlier where they'd got into trouble because he'd accused someone of saying something about him yeah before so you know at first he's probably better but when we really start to be like okay this guy is a creepy fuck is when they the woman that they took from the robbery that we don't see at the, like before the film yeah. started is when he's left in the hotel room with her um and I didn't completely at first think of it completely sinister, even though it was Call Her Over. It, it was yeah. sort of creepy about it. I wasn't quite sure what way they were going with that or whether he was think. But 
then we come back in and we don't see completely. We see these quick shots of it, but it's it's George Clooney's kind of reacting when he comes back into the room and seeing like shots of a body splayed out and blood all over the place, you know, and you just see his reaction to what his brother's done, and it kind of like a shit, how do I control this bastard at this point? Yeah. Kind of I've, he's obviously covered things like this up before for him. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of get the implication that he not only killed her, but he raped her Yeah. as well. Is but implied that he's a bit like he's raped people before and you yeah. kind of get that from her as well. That he's taken all of her clothes off and things like that. So you know that this guy, although, although it's not played up too much to the point where you're like, this guy is absolutely horrible and despicable. Yeah. We do get him coming on to a, a young girl and, to, <laughs> and thinking things, we get many shots of... Feet. <laughs> we said it's almost as if Tarantino said. We know Tarantino might have a bit of a feet thing. He insisted. And he the insisted the only shot you keep in, you can cut all my scenes, but keep the feet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of uh, a young Juliet Lewis's character in this. Um, and yeah, so he believes that she said things like, "Oh, you, you know, basically like you're gonna." Go and fuck me in this. Yeah, it's all in his head, and you see him get, and he almost gets them caught as well. He's he just keeps being in the way, and you can see it's not going to get anywhere. And then once they uh, once they arrive, (laughs) (laughs) once they uh, uh, arrive at their destination, where the film switches from what just seems like a on the run kind of robbers kind of film into this vampire film, um, he gets he gets off fairly quickly. Yeah, he does. This um, the first one, isn't it? And it it's kind of is just like it's almost just kind of like a, a rip and a bite and a kind of things like that. And he was dead. And I was almost expecting him to pop back up properly, or like properly yeah. like reappear, or because it was just like so like he's got like they can't they get they get around the neck and then there's like and then everyone just kind of turns and she's son of a bitch and it's like yeah. stupid. And we get lots of we get lots of different deaths and there are some really cool and some kind of graphic ones at points that. He doesn't really get it, which I was surprised because yeah. he was the one I was expecting. I was almost expecting he got gripped, ripped, and then a whole bunch of like the vampires just start like tearing him apart or something. But yeah. Out of several characters that get quite graphic deaths, this the one who probably deserves the most graphic <laughs> death is the one that doesn't quite get it. Um, but there is no chance. I think even whether you like this film or you kind of like him in a twisted kind of because you like the Gecko Brothers, which I yeah. think is more the charm of Clooney coming through than the than necessary Tarantino. Although Tarantino is weirdly perfect for this because he plays slimy, creepy. Yeah, <laughs> whether well, he actually is. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> he's got them creepy lips. You know, <laughs> maybe it's the slick back hair as well. Yeah, I'm sure he has that in From Dust to Dawn. Yeah, or is it short? But it's short. I don't think it's slick back, but it's definitely short. And... I know he has slick back hair now. I think. Yeah, but he's just so thin and like kind of. Yeah, but anyway, there's no way you can't say deserved. Although I would say deserved worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> deserved worse than he got. So that's my number three. Nice. My number three is Rose the Hat, Rose the from Hat. Uh, from Doctor Sleep, which is obviously the uh, oh shit I, yeah yeah I, I, when you just said Rose the Hat, I was like who's Rose the Hat? Yeah, <laughs> so so uh, you know Doctor Sleep is the kind of sequel to The Shining, um, and we see that uh, an adult Danny Torrance is kind of fighting to protect you know a psychic child from a cult of of shine stealing you know vampires effectively, and when I heard that I thought it was going to be absolute shit. But then I watched the film and I loved it. And it you know, oh, yeah. it's probably my favourite film. Big fans. I, mean, I think we mentioned it before, but we're both big fans. <laughs> yeah, we're big fans of the film. Um, but Rose the Hat is, is 
I mean, I this one and my my next one, don't know, monkey. Um, <laughs> I, I love the characters, but they they. And I, but I was pleased to see them die, and I was pleased to see them get their comeuppance. Mm. Um, and Rose the Hat is kind of extremely charming and enigmatic, um, and she's the leader of this this cult called the True Knot, which are like a group of psychics who extend their lives by basically preying on children and eating what they call their steam, but yeah. they call the shining, but it's basically like their life force and their psychic powers. Um, but she's such an interesting character because Rose the Hat, she's, she's quite mothering to, mm. to the group and she's, you know. By, it's, uh, Rebecca Ferguson. It yeah, Rebecca Ferguson. Ferguson. She's so good in this role. She was awesome. Like, and she, I've seen her in stuff before. She was in like Mission Impossible and things like that and she's really good in those roles, but this was like, oh, there's a real underdepth, yeah. sinister, she's like, it's like approachable on the outside, yeah. which is perfect for what she is. Yeah, and she, like, I genuinely think that she would probably be able to kill me. Because she's she's so almost like so charming and so enigmatic and it she seems warm but there's no warmth there you know yeah. she seems to draw people in and yeah she's just like you know she and beneath all of that you know they, she's a, she's an absolute monster you know um, we don't know how old she is but they've extended their life for many years um, and what they've done is you know they've tortured and they've fed on many children. Um, there's that particularly traumatic scene where they get the young baseball kid. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking. Yeah. That is that's almost hard to watch. That's like um, that remind me of the other like Stephen King. We sometimes see these in it, and it kind of reminded me of like it and ones like that when you're like you get that kind of the opening scene in it. The yeah. Most recent, you know, seeing Georgie like going down with his arm ripped off. Yeah. Because, uh, like it was that kind of level of like hearing a kid screaming like that and the pain is so well and the actor they had for it did uh, really well. Really like well. And it's just the, it's the, it's the, it's the fact, I mean, I don't, I don't think, there's, I don't think there's any blood in there. I can't remember because they're like, Sucking his soul away, basically, aren't they? I th- no, I think there, there is be blood because they, they need they, to get blood out of him to think. So they, yeah, they, they need to talk. They stab him. Don't yeah, they, they stab him. You do. Yeah. You see blood. Yeah, they stab him yeah. a few times. He gets quite. Yeah, because oh, yeah. he starts spitting up. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it is quite. It's gra- It's quite graphic as well. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, way more than I expe- like, expected. Yeah, I didn't when expect we saw it. it. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I think there's a you know there's 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 a child that they take at the very start of the film, but you don't see the death or anything like that. No. And it's just, you know, it's just so grim. But then there's, uh, you know, there's, there's so many quotes from Rose the Hat, which are just so good. So one of them is, uh, the special ones always taste the best. Yeah. Um, and yes, dear, you run. And when I find you, you will scream for years, which are just so chilling, I think. You know? Yeah. And, but the way that she delivers them is so soft spoken. That's what I mean, yeah, yeah. There, there is something literally there, as if she's so confident that she will get you, that it's almost like it's, it doesn't matter what you do, it is there yeah. that level, you just completely believe that she's there, and it's definitely one of those ones where I, I remember originally, as you said, like, not being sure, you know what yeah. I mean, a, a, anyone would have been unsure, because it's a sequel to The Shining, but both the book and the, the film, film yeah. it's a bit of both, but it literally, I just remember looking at it going, yeah, I'm really like, I don't know if she is going to pull this off. I don't yeah. know if she's a believable villain. I didn't realise she was a villain to this point either. She is a very yeah. main part of the film. Yeah, she you is. really get to know her as a character. And she plays, I mean, she plays so well as kind of this antagonist to two to two protagonists, you know, Danny and Abra. 
and Danny is kind of a reluctant hero. You know, he's he 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 has uh, an amazing uh, amount of psychic powers, but he's reluctant to use them, and he hasn't used them for a long time. Yeah. And you know, he's 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 cautious about using them. And then you have Abra, who also you know has an insane amount of power, but doesn't know how to control it, doesn't know how to use it properly. Yeah. Whereas Rose is equally as strong but yeah. she's embraced it she knows how to use it you see it. like even as we're talking about it now like it, i got real if someone described like like that it, that is exactly what it is yeah but if someone described me like that i was like that sounds like it's going to be bad like it's, oh, it's like it's, 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 it's if you get to the point where it's like myth get, like and then the wizards battle yeah <laughs> you know what i mean and then it's like yeah. it sounds like it doesn't work but it is directed so well it's amazing and like, the cat the actors are fully in character yeah. That you don't not believe it for a second yeah. that all of this could happen. And I mean, I'm, I'm reading The Shining, the book, and mm. they, they talk a lot more about what the what the shine actually is in there. Whereas in the in the Kubrick film, we only I don't I feel like you don't get a whole grasp of what it is. You no, know? You, you don't. The, the book is way more detailed about what it is and the effect and yeah. how how even a person's like m- um, mental health can affect what is happening with that because yeah. that's a very big part of the book as well the alcoholism and stuff like yeah. that so yeah you get way more of that in the uh, original book it is one of those weird things where it's like um with the with the shining book and the shadow fit it's like uh, like it's almost like they're two they're similar ideas but they're two completely different yeah they're both great but in different ways in different completely ways, yeah um but i found that rose's death is extremely poetic you know so they Danny and Avril, they, they lure Rose the hat back to the Overlook Hotel, which is a, which is amazing when they remove, they go back there. It is, yeah. yeah. I, like, you knew that if they were doing a sequel, that it was going to return to the, like, Overlook at some point. Yeah. But, but it's not played didn't. up too much, and yeah. it's not too long, but what you get are these perfect throwbacks, and yeah. it's, it's late in the film as well, like, this is it's a long, it's end. a long film, yeah. and it's not too late, and you get these amazing throwbacks, and her death is just the culmination of yeah. those throwbacks. And it's, you know, it's that, that they, you know, they go back to the, um, they go back to the Overlook Hotel, because Daddy's thinking that it will be, um, as, uh, bad for the um, you know it will be as dangerous for Rose the Hat as it would be for those two, and then Danny awakens the ghosts and they end up torturing and feasting off of Rose. Yeah. And I remember watching it and I loved Rose the Hat and I thought this is, I thought she was a great character. But when she died, I was like yes, yeah. like <laughs> you know you know how all of these kids that you fed on for however many years because there's no I don't think there's any inclination to how long she's been alive. No, it's a long time. We know she's extreme, like, it's shown throughout the film. That's the thing that makes it work so well as well is because throughout the film it's shown how powerful and how if it was just Danny going up against it, he'd be fucked. Like, yeah, if it was they, just Danny, and it, even if it was the girl, he'd, she'd yeah, kill them both yeah. easily. Um, even though the girl is shown to be very powerful. If she was full power, maybe, but, and then it, I love the fact that it literally is the reason that they even go back to the Overlook. It feels natural. Yeah, it does. Because it literally is, let's take her to a place I'm not powerful enough. You're not powerful enough. But I know somewhere that has enough dark energy yeah, in it that might fuck her. That right. will fuck her, and it fucks her. <laughs> yeah, I loved it, man. I um, loved the whole film. Her getting this, so she kind of gets literally like you see it drain out of her and get accepted. They're all like wanting yeah. more and more, and she's breaking down and screaming. Oh, yeah. And I love that it's the you know it's the ghosts that you see in The Shining as well. Yeah. I love that they kept the woman from the bathtub. 
like uh, Delbert Brady, the butler, the guy in the bear suit. You know, they kept them all. Yeah. I loved it. I love the way that, yeah, and it links perfectly with, weirdly, it both works perfectly as a shining sequel to uh, Kubrick's film, and it plays up a load of the themes that are left out of the book yeah. in the film are apparent in the sequel. Yeah. That Danny is basically, he's much more the character... He's much more the son. He's not so much the son of Jack Nicholson's character. He's, He's more the son of the, the book because the, the alcoholism's there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, which is why it kind of works when it's not Jack Nicholson who turns around some kind of de aged CGI Jack Nicholson. Yeah. It is a slightly different. But, that, but for me, that makes perfect sense because that's Daddy's memory of how his dad is. Yeah, so it's not quite. So it wouldn't be. Same. It wouldn't be Jack Nicholson. It wouldn't look yeah. exactly the same. It's a. Uh, well, but then, as we know, the mum was a different actor. And yeah. so I wish like. But even then, still, because it was dressed as a verb, I was like, is there a twist? <laughs> they, yeah. got, they got the old man. Yeah. Um, but that is my number three. It's a very good one. So, Doctor Sleep, we could talk all day about we that. Will. One day we'll do it. So <laughs> one day. Um, okay, so we are down to our number two. Uh, and my number two is, ooh, have we got the same? Trent. From no. Friday the 13th, 2009, the okay. remake. I just said that. That sounded very long. Friday the 13th, the remake. Yeah. Just to make it very clear that this is the remake. Uh, so, uh, Trent, the, uh, I mean, there's no other word than basically giant douchebag. Yeah. He is, he is the, he is almost like, you get this trope sometimes of the really asshole boyfriend in horror films. But he is like, to me, like, the one thing that weirdly it's like, it kind of made it better because he was such an asshole. He is yeah. like, Literally, you hate. There's no liking him at all. From the second you meet him to the second he meets, um, to the second he meets the other, uh, the the our main yeah. character. Although this film's very odd because it's almost like you don't completely have all. It twists you who is the main yeah. like, almost. But um, Trent in this film, he's the he's the one that brings up the whole group to his his rich cabin in the woods. Yeah. And he's a complete dickhead. He's a complete dickhead to them all the time. He's he's an asshole to his girlfriend the whole like, the yeah. whole time. Um, and he's constantly just, ah, oh, we like, um, I'm certainly just blanking on Yeah, what's going on? Well, yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> no, I'm blanking on the names, is what I'm blanking on. The, the, so you have Chewy, Lawrence. Chewy. Rip my boy Chewy. Chewy, that's it, that's yeah. it. So Chewy, like, the moment when Chewy breaks his chair and he goes on a giant yeah. thing just because of fucking, like, do you know how much this is worth? Do you know how much that is worth? Do you know how much this house is worth? You just, hate the asshole as soon as he and I'm not saying there's a lot to talk about with him I just because that's when I kind of cut to the point with him because there's no way to he, he, he cheats on his girlfriend just because she disappears off for a bit yeah that last <laughs> has got stupendous tits <laughs> <laughs> as he said and he's he's, he's, a, he's a filmer although this is a filming with um, with consent uh, that was a throwback to a previous episode in Bloody Valentine where we talked about oh, yeah. dying video without consent yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah he just and I don't know the actor has such a punchable face yeah he, he literally look looks a bit like a, he's almost like a bit of a like a, an extra cocky like young Tom Cruise or something with blonde yeah, hair he's blonde blonde. and he's the ultimate like I got blonde hair he's got the posh guy the belt he's got the money he's got the thing and all the other characters you just sit there going why the fuck are you friends with him yeah why would you be friends with him of all of it this guy is a dickhead every time he meets um, I don't know if Jared uh, Jared Pedensky's uh, main character oh, I can't remember um, I was thinking Sam in my head for some reason but um, the the second he meets him it just is like 
he's just a dicker to him straight away, even though he's not really doing anything. Like, yeah. he, he's in the middle of the shop, and he's just trying to ask for service, and he's just like, oh, go, like, and he's just like, oh, yeah, because I'm the dickhead for, yeah. <laughs> for waiting behind you for a minute. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, he is, he is a, he's an absolute pro. There's, there's not, nothing that you can say. This about is what him. I mean. There's not. I can't dig deep into this character because there's not a lot to it. He like the Friday the Thirteenth characters are what they are. They each kind of play a drone. There's either there's kind of the asshole fairy ones. I, I don't. I have no idea whether you have any Friday the Thirteenth ones on your list. I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but there are certain characters from the franchise who also would have made this list because there are certain characters they throw in there, whether they're the annoying, funny ones or whether they yeah. are the. Um, <laughs> you know, but like he, he yeah. completely. The but then his death is, and I I like it's kind of, it's it's in one way it's kind of cool. It's kind of out of it kind of pops up suddenly. Yeah. He gets with the machete. He gets nailed against the the back of the van, and he, you just see him drive off down the lane, kind of yeah. thing. I guess because he was such a prick. I guess I wanted more of a nicer character like Chewie gets a way fucking yeah. nice death. Rip Chewie, like I want this guy to die like Chewie dies. Yeah. I want I want. Chewie to lip. <laughs> yeah, I want Chewie to survive. Whereas Trent, <laughs> I want to literally, I want to see him get the, you know, get that shoved in him or several of them shoved yeah. in him while we just watch him scream in <laughs> yeah. pain. Whereas I feel like him getting that success, he, he kind of seems like he gets it and he's hanging, but he would, you know, he dies off pretty quick. I'm just like, that's not, I want him slow. <laughs> I always wondered why the guy, I mean, I guess he would drive off if that happened. I just always play it down to that he doesn't realise that someone, because it's kind of like going by, isn't it? He yeah. tries to pick up. Does he try, does he try to actually, I, I'm, I sure he tries, remember, I'm sure he pulls does he stop him? Does he pick so stops and then he's, yeah, then that's where, I guess maybe you've just seen someone literally machete someone's the back of your car. You're not going to go, shh, alright, let's, let's have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, that is gentleman. true. <laughs> but he's, he doesn't speed fast. away yeah, either. He doesn't speed away, it's like he drives away. He's slowly, like, like, so you can see him in <laughs> shot like, bye Trent, yeah. you dick. <laughs> apparently, because I mean, I've never seen the Transformers films, but I think I might have brought this up um, in episode four in Memoriam when we spoke about my boy Chewie. Yeah. But apparently, Trent and the actor who plays him is in Transformers, which is another Michael Bay film, and is also called Trent. Yeah, I was going to say. Potentially, yes. I think you're right. I actually watched the first Transformers not that long ago, and I think you are correct. I think I remember going like, "Wait a second, that dude, (laughs) that dude, I know that dude, and I swear he was called that same character." Yeah, Yeah. he is. So he's Michael Bay. I mean, the Michael Bay universe. He lives within the Michael Bay universe. We get to see him die and live. (laughs) (laughs) But no Bumblebee. Or I'll describe Friday the 13th, though, man. Yeah, where's that crossover? <laughs> Jason just tearing them apart. Yeah. <laughs> Inside the core of Optimus Prime, just bursting out. Yeah. Like, or Jason. I was, like, I was about to say speaking, but that's not Jason. No. <laughs> just <laughs> silently yeah. stood there like, that's it, game over. <laughs> game over, baby. I mean, and to be fair, by the time the sequels, I would have I would have loved yeah. to just see the Jason film. He kills all of them. He kills Transformers. Tears them apart. He literally rips Sheila Booth's front out. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, because Sheila Booth's a bit of a weird one. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my number two. I think okay. uh, we're done with that one. <laughs> my number two is um, Captain Rhodes from Day of the Dead, 1985. Ah, Captain Rhodes. Yeah, I'm, now he was on basically most of the, the lists and most of people's comments, but it, he had to be there because he's... <laughs> I mean, I love the character. He's a yeah. character that I love to hate. And for me, you know, um, Day of the Dead is is the it's, it's the best chapter of um, the original trilogy of the dead. You know, Night of the Living Dead, 
Dawn of the Dead yeah. and Day of the Dead. So Night of the Living Dead, obviously, if you listen to the first episode, it I saw it when I was very young and it did make me love horror. But there's something, you know, Night of the Living Dead is is has has a big element of hope to it. You know, mm. people come along at the end and a turn of the zombies around. Dawn yeah. of the Dead, you know, it's about you know zombies are rising up, but it's still it's still a very hopeful film. But Day of the Dead, there's basically no hope in that film. You know, humans are living in underground bunkers. Apparently, um, I read that in it, humans uh, out out rank out rank out ratio zombies outnumber zombies. No zombies outnumber uh, humans. Uh, humans, yeah. Um, so one human to four hundred thousand zombies. Yeah, so they're fucked. <laughs> so you're fucked, you know. And it, it, the whole film just has this element of, um, just, yeah, it's just depression and just the end, you're witnessing the end of humanity. Yeah. You know, um, and the whole thing is just about how, you know, communication breakdown and just, you know, people not yeah. working together. I mean, I haven't, I, Day of the Dead, I think I've only seen it once and I've, whereas, don't, uh, yeah, Dawn of the Dead and Night Night of the Living Dead. I've seen loads of times. Yeah, definitely. Dawn of the Dead. I've seen quite a few quite a few times. Day of the Dead. Yeah, I think I've only seen it once. I've seen it uh, quite a few times. Weirdly, I think I've seen Land of the Dead more, which is that's disappointing. That I've seen <laughs> a good. I've seen a, a weaker one, much more than I probably seen, have seen Land of the Dead think, more. Yeah, for me, and it, like I remember liking Day of the Dead, and I felt like for me, I didn't really enjoy anything after Day of the Dead that Romano did. No, neither did no. I. Uh, but. Day of the Dead is just, you know, um, it's just so depressing, but I, I low-key love it. And um, Captain Rhodes, he's kind of, he's this prime example of how, like, authoritarian power structures, you know, have yeah. end things and just, you know, have resistance. So uh, he takes, you know, he takes command kind of around the start of the film. And he's, you know, extremely angry, extremely reactionary, you know, his unwillingness to cooperate. And he basically says that he'll execute anyone who goes against his orders or challenges his leadership. And, you know, and it sets him up as just as much of a threat to the scientists and the civilians as the zombies outside. Um, and he does so much kind of like shitty things. So, you know, he, he kills... Um, two of the scientists and survivors. Yeah. Uh, one of them is, uh, I think he's called Dr. Logan, and he's work, he, you know, he's talking about how you can try and retrain the zombies. And you have Bub, which yeah, is the zombie they're yeah. working on. The, the one that, re, that does the, the yeah, reads. And, yeah. Th- that does them. And he salutes <laughs> Captain Rhodes and everything, you know. Um, and the, so the scientists are trying to make this breakthrough. And Captain Rhodes basically says, like, you don't have long left and then I'm just going to stop protecting you and I'm going to withdraw all my men. Um, and he finds out that Dr. Logan has been feeding the dead soldiers meat to Bub. So he goes in and he kills Dr. Logan. Um, he, I, I'm trying to think, he, he commands the helicopter pilot to evacuate with him and all of his crew, mm. his soldiers, leaving the c- civilians and the uh, scientists. And when the helicopter refuses, he just outright shoots him. Which is kind of a baller move, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's an asshole move, but it's just a power move, you yeah. know, to kill anybody. I guess it's, yeah, it's good within the character of that power that he has, but it literally is the idea of, like, how, as you said, like, how this level of power that he thinks he deserves, he thinks he deserves that level of power, 
and how that would just basically fuck us. Anyone like yeah. that who's in control is going to fuck us in the end. You know there's I mean? no flexibility, nothing. No, it's um, that my way or fuck yeah. you, you're dead. <laughs> he, I mean, he even strips the scientists and civilians of their weapons. And he, um, when, when the zombies do come in, you know, towards the end of the film when the zombies come in, um, he basically leaves his men to fight them and leaves the men to the to their death as he tries to escape. And then, honestly, it's my favourite cinematic death of all time. Hell, um, <laughs> a horror film is definitely. But he, tr- he, you know, he's trying to run away and he keep he gets cornered by these zombies everywhere he's going. There's a horde coming for him, um, and he opens a door and then there's loads of them and he, you know, he, he screams and he closes it. And when he turns around, Bub has escaped. Yeah. And Bub witnessed him kill Dr. Logan, so Bub shoots uh, Captain Rose in the stomach and then salutes him, which is great. <laughs> and then these zombies burst through. Uh, they burst through the door and they burst through. They come up the corridor um, and then they literally they tear him apart. And as they tear him apart, you know, Captain Rhodes is screaming, choke on him. Choke on him. And it's the, it's the best cinematic death ever. It's perfect. Because but he doesn't even break character yeah, when he's being he, taught. He, you know, he keeps, he doesn't, yeah, he's, he's this asshole character to the end and it's his way or the highway. And even dying, he, you know, he wants it to be on, you know, he, he wants to have the last word and he won't say no. Yeah. And I love it. If you haven't seen the death, Find it on YouTube. I need to go back and watch. Yeah, I, I've wanted to rewatch them for a, <laughs> yeah. a while. Anyway, like, well, I don't need to rewatch Night of the Living Dead because it's literally one of my favorite horror films of all yeah, time. I've seen it but so Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, I haven't seen as much <laughs> as yeah. I definitely should have. And to be fair, even though I know the like, I as I've seen the original Dawn of the Dead several times, I remember probably there's a nice link back the Zack Snyder yeah. version. <laughs> I actually remember more because that's a very good remake. So do I. I remember that one more. So yeah, it, it just fresh in my head more uh, although they are both good good films <laughs> yeah so should we go to number one the number one and I gave mine away a little bit right at the start yes you did <laughs> so I we forgot. know the film it's in so I believe we've, I believe the possibility of us hitting a, a same is not <laughs> no. very likely um, so I said The Mist yeah um, and uh, it is uh, Mrs. Kamadi yeah um, I don't actually know if I've said that last name correctly because I, I can't actually remember hearing her last name that much. Just that she's basically the crazy religious bitch. Yeah, you know is. what I mean. She is the ultimate crazy religious oh, bitch. She's such an asshole. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is such. A, I mean, the only one that's probably uh, who I can think of who's a, maybe a slightly crazy religious bitch in the film is Carrie's mum and Carrie. Yeah, because she's a fucking psycho. She was close. She was gonna be one of mine. Yeah, I almost considered her, but this one is just. Um, played by uh, Marcia uh, G- uh, Gay Harden, Gray Harden, Gay Harden. One of them. Anyway, she she literally just perfectly plays this bit. So at first, she's already annoying from the beginning yeah. of the film, but she just grates and literally. I this is my I've, ne- I've never wanted someone to die so badly because of the the amount of. Most of the film's problem relate back to the fact that she causes an uproar and she causes, you know, I mean, yeah. they're pretty screwed. They're in a glass, you know, we yeah, know. You're, the mist. you're in a glass, uh, a glass fronted shop and there's these creatures coming. I mean, in sometimes it's probably even surprised that they didn't come in even faster to kill them all. Yeah, definitely. But, um, but we've talked about this before because uh, the mist was actually on my other top five, but the ones yes, we didn't want to die, and it uh, it might have even been my number one actually last time was that that sad car scene at the end, yeah. which is brutal. Uh, but her, I mean, 
she causes the death of other characters sometimes just for, it's all just through her words yeah. she herself does nothing she she's just, just an old rallies up middle aged lady yeah she? she just rallies up the crowd but I mean to be fair most of the time I guess whenever you get this kind of really overly religious character or even when I see an overly religious person on the, <laughs> the street sometimes I'm a bit like you are grating on me a bit yeah, yeah. you know what I mean you are the, just, the street preachers yeah I, uh, <laughs> I might be ready for you to like, I'm just waiting who's going to drag you off <laughs> yeah. um, so it's, it's already kind of that kind of like it's not so much that they are there's nothing wrong with the religious side it's the fact that they will, are the kind of people that you get in the middle of a town centre almost who are like literally trying to shove it down your face they're like staring at you like repent <laughs> yeah. Bobby repent and where we're from we get quite a lot of those <laughs> <laughs> we are sinners yeah, <laughs> they just see us the second yeah. they see you are like you sin boy <laughs> you sin boy but there's an interesting theory so she says earlier in the film that some that the someone has to be sacrificed mm. and she suggests that um thomas jane's boy has to be sacrificed yeah and there's an interesting theory because after thomas jane's son is killed at the very end everything stops so yeah. there's an interesting theory that maybe she uh, was right i i haven't heard that before but it, it, you, <laughs> yeah. there is that yeah i guess there is that kind of interesting if you think of it from her religious crazy theory that it might not be in the been so crazy and to be fair for a Stephen King novel that kind of thing is actually so we could completely believe that, that yeah case. it could be hinted at you know? yeah so that's yeah that's a, an interesting although I guess as I think I remember saying that I know what the original ending of the book is then yeah. I would say that that's not a true no, because if we've seen the original in the original they actually you know survive and get a message of hope at the end it's yeah. not it's the director Frank Darabont who came up with way darker shit for dark it. weirdly yeah. enough like even though it, it sounds like a King twist at the end it's yeah. actually not Stephen King's <laughs> twist um, but yeah she, and then yeah she causes the death of the soldier who gets literally dragged out there like get him and like get like yeah. rid of it you know and then he gets shot and as you said with the, the son as the, like the sacra and, and him trying to grab him off and I guess I mean, I, I love this film because it's just like a boiling pot. You're waiting for it to... It's a very tense work. film. Even though it's got like these weird CGI monsters, they play very little part, actually, in the overall film. It is all yeah. about human characters and how they break that, and they yeah. know that she's going to be a problem. Um, so, as it gets bigger and bigger, you, I think you get the feeling, you, you know a character this much of an annoying bitch is either going to go <laughs> two ways. She is literally either going to be, somehow she's like that disappointing survivor almost like where's yeah. that or someone's gonna offer and um i know the actor is toby jones who yeah. he's the least person in the film he's such a he's a checkout he's like a, an old middle-aged checkout boy yeah. boy <laughs> he's a middle-aged um, man boy <laughs> but um played by quite a well-known character actor that he is toby uh, jones and i can't remember his main character's name in oh, the film i blanked on it I again know, yeah. but yeah but um he's not the character that you'd expect to be the one to offer but you're kind of glad he is because he's literally always there like she he's always on the thomas jane the good side yeah and then he gets he's just constantly you see it kind of building in him that he's getting pissed off so when he gets the chance bang in the head yeah just execution style man. just Honestly. execution and it it is such a great that like and it's almost like you almost see like the rest of them suddenly like the second she's gone it's like it, it almost breaks a bit like shit okay now she's not filling our brains with stuff. it's like we're, we're free as if she's like controlling our minds or something um they all kind of disperse a bit then but 
yeah, she just is this Belgian, like, there's no other than that she just is the ultimate, one of the ultimate oh, bitches. So you just hate her. You completely hate her, and there's no point when you like her. And sometimes they say it's good for a villain to get, you know, both, you get both to an understanding and you understand where they come from. But with her, it just, it's better that she's not, because you hate her throughout the film. And she adds to that building pressure yeah. throughout the film. And again, the only thing I'd say is that, you know, um, although several of our deaths actually come down to people getting shot in the yeah. end, um, <laughs> that with her, again, you do definitely want a worse death. You yeah, want to definitely. see one of those creatures tear her apart. You want to see them burst through the windows and like... <laughs> yeah, but I think it's quite good that she's just... She's taken she's out. off by someone else. She's like, like JFK, she's yeah. just taken out. It is, like, the the creatures killing her would have been like, ah, oh, yes, yeah. yes, kill her, like, gore or that. But the fact that it is one of the weaker, like, the characters who is feels weak that then takes her out, who she has this, you know, unearned self-like worth that she yeah. thinks she is. It's, it's nice to see someone else get to take that power from her. Yeah, definitely. Um, although, yes, part of me is like, yes, that's, that that was a good ending for her character. Within the story, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But then there's always that part of you with the bloodlust that just wants to yeah, come yeah. out. <laughs> I mean, I just want the bloodlust. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that is my done number one. Done number one. Let's hear Bobby's. So, it's good that we've had no crossover, because I was expecting one of us to have Captain Rhodes... Or possibly Frankie uh, Frankie Cheeks. I was um, yeah uh, Frankie Cheeks yeah, but I was expecting like the ones I avoided was like Shelley from Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I wanted to list that because I was straight away like I, I think I think he might choose that. So I'm yeah, like I, I think he's a prick. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I love Larry Serna. The I think he's a prick, but I don't think he's that level of a. I, I, like I, I knew he was going to die, but I guess I wasn't like waiting for him to die. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just he's more of an annoying character. The one he who is. deserves his death. Um, and I also had uh, my other number five, which did make, almost make it, was uh, John Strode. Yeah, I was actually thinking of case of Mike well. Myers, but I felt like we'd talked about it quite a lot in our retrospective episodes. Check that yeah. out, that's a good one. Yeah. And um, I just felt, yeah, okay, I've kind of, we've laid him out already, like he's a massive prick. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was considering having um, Carrie's mother. Yeah. But then also the, the uh, Ben and Chris who pick on Carrie. Uh, John Travolta in his last. Yeah, yeah I was considering was them. Um, <laughs> those were the those were the ones I was also considering. Um, but this, the number one, is probably my most hated character in any horror movie, and that is uh, Charlie Hewitt slash Sheriff Hoyt from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, 2003 remake and the 2006 prequel. Honestly, he's played incredibly well by R. Lee Emery. Oh, um, God, yeah. That's, uh, that's, yeah. I was trying to remember Fuck. then. I was like, think. But yeah, oh, my God. God I mean, he's, he's always great as a... He's normally always cast as, like, the berating sergeant or something. Yeah. Because like, uh, he's in uh, the Full Kubrick metal. film, Full Metal uh, yeah, Jacket. Yeah, Jacket, yeah. Yeah, so he is... Ca- he, he did get a bit typecast as that kind of asshole for character. But in this film... Yeah, I remember just being like, oh my god, I fucking, like, this guy's such a dick, like, unrelenting ge- level yeah. dick. <laughs> I genuinely wanted to punch the TV watching this. Yeah. And I genuinely wanted, like, there's, there's some moments in, in horror movies where you say, oh, oh fuck, I hope, like, do it, do it now, attack him. And yeah. this, each of these films had multiple moments for me where I was like that. Um, and I, you know, I don't have to explain what the, um, what the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, yeah. or what the films are, <laughs> um, but 
and whilst Leatherface is very much, you know, the, the, the iconic villain through Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. even going back to the original film, you know, his father, Drayton Sawyer, was very much in charge. Leatherface has always gone between being this sympathetic character to being this absolute kind of brute of a machine. Yeah. In this one, he's a lot more of the brute and the hulking figure. But he, you know, they try and play him off as a bit sympathetic. Yeah, he is a vet, but yeah, we do get that kind of, I don't know why, he's not a, he's not a hateable character, or feels like, like, I guess, you know, um, Charlie Hewitt, or uh, Sheriff Hoyt. I just prefer to as Sheriff Hoyt. <laughs> yeah. You can't, um, he is, unlike Leverhead, he's a bit more nuanced. He comes in a, an asshole, a drilling, you know, corrupt asshole and he pretty much never lets that guy yeah. down. And that's the thing, he's very much the one who's who's uh running the family. And he's very much the one in in the prequel, he's the one who decides that the family are going to start eating people. Because the hmm. the meat packing plant shuts, all of the businesses shut, you know, there's one sheriff who's about who's going to arrest Le- Leatherface before he becomes Leatherface. Yeah. Who's going to arrest him for killing someone and you know, Charlie Hew- Hewitt blows his brains out, takes the identity of Sheriff Hoyt, and then brings the body back to cook it. You know, he's the one who, uh, you know, he... Uh, it's, it's weird to say that even though he's a very, you know, he's very, he is twisted and demented and things like that, I'd almost say it makes sense that he's almost in charge because he's almost the most close to a normal human being, even though he's a complete asshole, twisted right, yeah. Like He is almost like the most, like, like, I guess not a lot of the other ones couldn't even form a lot of these plans, <laughs> you know, the inbredness. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, he, he, he justifies that, and he, he justifies that, you know, the family are going to start cannibalising people. He gives, um, you know, he gives uh, Leatherface his chainsaw and, and actually, like, approves of, of, of Leatherface making masks out of people. And, I mean, there's, there's points where he, you know, he, he, he looks up a woman who shot her brains out. He looks up her skirt. Oh yeah, in, in the, the, yeah, yeah, in the 2003. You feel like so, I mean, the film in general, what I love about the 2003 one is just how uncomfortable the film it is. Yeah. You know, the original has those moments that just like make you feel sick yeah. to your stomach. And this one completely continu- continues that and possibly even pushes it up a level. Yeah. You're constantly uncomfortable throughout this film, yeah. I think. Um, and, you know, Sheriff Hoyt abuses them, you know, he and he makes them move the body. Uh, but he makes them wrap it up in, like, cling film and put it in the back of his car to yeah. cannibalise, you know. Yeah. Um, in that... So, yeah, in that scene when, like, when they're on the ground, like you said before, you literally, you've never wanted someone to go and fucking bash yeah. this guy's head in or something. I wanted, yeah, bash his fucking head And you're almost expecting it. You're waiting, because it is built up in the scene, obviously, the suspense, but you're literally waiting, like, come on, fucking, this guy is disgustingly horrible. Like, yeah. come on, fucking do something, guys. Yeah, and there's the bit where, you know, in the prequel where, you know, he catches the two brothers who are supposed to go to Vietnam, uh, and one of them burnt the draft card, you know, and he keeps them up on some kind of like holding device that you would like, almost like you would cattle. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, he beats the shit out of one of them. And he's, uh, and there's just see points throughout the whole film where you just fucking hate him so much. <laughs> and I genuinely, I, I love his performance as him. But I, oh, there's points, you know, where I just think, fucking kill this guy. Yeah. Attack him, kill him, you know. Uh, in the, in the, um, in the 2003 one, he's got these fake teeth at the front. Mm. And in the 2006 one, you see this guy beating the shit out of him, he breaks his teeth out. Um, 
And I, that is the, the, I always remember watching that for the first time ever and thinking, finish him off. Yeah. You, you get it in horror films where you think, <laughs> kill him whilst the, you know, whilst the slasher's down. Oh, yeah. Kill him. You always get that, like, you come always on, get fucking it. get, like, kill it, finish you're him gonna off. You're gonna be, like, something is gonna happen if you don't just end this guy now. Fucking blasting him. Yeah. Slice his head off. Do something. Fucking. But I've never had it as much as <laughs> I have with Sheriff Hoy. I was literally like, just kill him. Just kill him now and end that's everything. in the prequel when you that's knew it was going to happen. When, when I you knew, knew it wasn't going to happen. I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I was still hoping it was going to happen. End him now. Create a time paradox. Literally, yeah. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but, Finish him. Yeah, when 2003 film doesn't happen because you killed him. <laughs> in the prequel. Do it. I don't yeah. care if it ruins the movie. I, I, will, I don't... I, the, the prequel, is that the one with Alexander... Alexandra uh, Daddario is that a different? No, that's no. Uh, the t- that's 3D. The, oh, is that 3D? Oh, that's the, the sequelish one, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. Re- yeah, I don't really remember the 2006 one, so I, I really can't remember him in that one unless I haven't seen it. Maybe I've, I've got it. Never want to buy it. But he is an even bigger asshole, man. And he doesn't, I mean, for me, I don't think he gets a just, you know, his death isn't brutal enough. He gets run over, um, and he oh, gets run yeah. over and backed up on a couple of times. Yeah. But I always wanted to see him die a lot more in a bloody way. Because yeah. he just, honestly, man, he just wiped I mean, yeah, so I absolutely, the two, the, the two, whereas, like, so I don't really remember him in 2006. The 2003, I absolutely do, because the 2003, I, I loved. I used to, I had the DVD, I used to watch it all the time. Yeah, it's, awesome, I just, I don't know. it's just, it's definitely one of my favourite remakes of. Yeah, Empire. it's a strong one. It, yeah, it's definitely put some of the other ones to shame, I thought. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I just remember, I do remember that great, and, and that, the one scene, yeah, when they make him wrap up the body and just him constantly berating and it literally just makes you hate him so much. Yeah. But you're scared of him at the same time. Yeah. Which is, it, like, it's it's good that you could, because although you normally hate these characters and things like you're not normally scared, but you know that if you were in that situation, you're you'd fucked. be fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't actually see. Although you want them to hit him, at the same time, you kind of feel like, yeah, but how the fuck do you get out of this situation? Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, <laughs> and that's not, and you know that he. You, so you understand why they go well. along with it and why they do all that weird twisted shit that he yeah. makes them do. And, <laughs> I say, yeah. And the, yeah, and just that creepiness of looking at the skirt, like you said. It really, I always remember that in my mind, just like, yeah. There were certain things about that film I always remember. It's like, yeah. And that bit when they're on the ground and he's over them and then the weird looking at the skirt. Yeah. Apart from that, it's the opening with her. The gun the between her legs, which is just, uh, uh, and then the uh, the nails down the wall, where yeah. you see the nail. Yeah. That's just one of those because yeah. it does play so nicely on those things where you just kind of think of it like the amount of times you probably looked at your nails and go like, oh, like what would happen if I actually if I, yeah, pulled one out? If one pulled out. <laughs> well, if you've experienced anything like that, you know where you've um, you've put, you know you've done something and it's it's it hurts and yeah, it's just a fucking I hate this character so much. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah. I, I didn't see him on many, uh, what, uh, we said we researched, I actually didn't see him on many, and I've completely forgot about him. See, but I never damn forgot good about one. I never forgot about Hardly oh, Ever in Fight. Well, I need to go and watch the 2006 one, and I kind of want to watch the 2003 one as well. I've got upstairs, so I'll let you borrow them. Yeah, that's that, so. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that is our, uh, that is our top five most deserved deaths. Yeah, that um, that's uh, come up in part one, I guess, because I imagine we'll revisit this eventually. We probably will revisit this eventually. I think next uh, what we might have to do is be like, we're going to do another come up one day. We might have to keep track. If we ever see one in the film, just write it <laughs> yeah. down somewhere, otherwise we'll completely forget, because 
yeah, we knew that we hated many characters, but for some reason we can't find it. And I know there's still loads out there that I oh, completely there'll be so many other films that. But this is what always happens. Completely, like your Captain Rhodes character. Like I yeah. feel like there's another character out there that I remember being like, this guy is such a fucking doofus yeah. in a film very similar, and I can't remember what the fuck it is. Because I, yeah, again, like I think I remember, I did say Captain Rhodes, and I also saw Out of the Dawn of the Dead, the really, um, uh, Phil from Modern Family. Yeah, Phil from Modern Family. Yeah. That's what I was like, <laughs> That's what I know about. I can't remember it, but yeah, that guy was just a, a creepy thing, but not nearly to the level of, say, Captain Rose or no, Hoyt. Captain Rose is awesome. Um, Sheriff Hoyt, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, that's kind of it, isn't it? That's it for this week. Um, so we, we will be back in two weeks. Um, we don't know what we'll be doing yet, so we can't give you a little hello. We're kind of peek. going with the flow at the yeah. moment. We're kind of yeah, yeah see where we are, what's going on. We're still we're still raw on the phone. <laughs> yeah, we will be back in the studio one day. Um, the lockdown is looking to get lifted soon, but you know we're kind of we're, we're making do as 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 we can. Going by us. Um, yeah. If you've uh, enjoyed this episode, you can follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at CMTH Podcast. Come and let us know what your top five um, most you know what counters you wanted to die. Let us know about the the the, the counters that we've come up with. Um, and if you've enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. And we will see you again in two weeks. Bye-bye.